0: Welcome to another edition of Top Lines and Tales. This week we're sponsored by Harbro, manufacturers and suppliers of quality livestock nutrition. This week on Top Lines and Tails we welcome a sheep and cattle breeder with a huge reputation for quality in everything he breeds, William McAllister from Balamina in Northern Ireland. Welcome, Willie. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, And Willie, your father would be Brian, is that right? You guys have been in Charolais Cattle and Charolais Sheep for for a long time, I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right, yeah. When would the cattle job have started back then?
1: I think they started the Charolais Cattle in 1978,
0: something around that
1: time. Charolais Sheep will be two years ago
0: nineties, and the beginning of the ah, yeah, nineties, yeah. and going back to the Charolais cattle. I think your father would have brought bulls back to Perth, and there was a lot of good Irish Charolais bulls at that one time. In, in the, certainly in the late eighties, early nineties, when the, half the bulls at Perth would be, would be from Northern Ireland, and some bloody good, beast, right, good yeah, beasts, yeah, amongst those them.
1: Those were the heydays.
0: They would be in the Cyril Miller and, and, and uh, uh, what he short. They'd be dressing them all up there, and it was it was a hell of a hell of a yeah, deal. Uh, there were some serious Mm-hmm. And some big, uh, big back ends on those bulls as well, and I suppose that that's always been something that I think has been synonymous with Northern Ireland. You guys have always had the had the good ass ends on your on your on your livestock.
1: I I I suppose Ireland in general would be more muscle oriented on all the
0: cattle that the breed. That's true. Cattle, cattle, and the sheep. And let's move on. Yeah. To, move on to the sheep side, uh, Willie. I think you run something over three hundred ewes. Uh, um, are they all are they all pedigrees?
1: Rough. Oh, we're up now to about 400 yos, or just over the 400 mark. huh There'll be 200 pedigree yos, Right. And then the rest, uh, commercial yos, used for... Recepts for embryos.
0: I was going to say you'll you'll like a lot of other breeders we speak to nowadays that you run a commercial flock just so that you can get your recipes uh, from, yeah. from from home rather than buying them in, and and you know where they've come from as well if you're breeding yeah. your own recipes too, and yeah. not and only that you'll breed your recipes that are accredited, of course, which uh, That's makes great. a lot of difference. So let's go on to the Art Nagulian the flock there, which I think you run with your sister Elizabeth, is that right? And you guys have been the top of the Shirley, uh the Sherley breed since you know, for a long since you started really and where, where's your top price? Where the where's the highlights been in, in, in that breed for you, William?
1: Charlie's was well I suppose this year's been our top price. We've got four four for a Sherlin
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Dunganen. Uh two years ago we're up to three and a half thousand for a ram, lamb and Worcester and three two last year for a Ram Lamb and Worcester. Uh-huh. And last year was sold uh three three N Lam gimmers in Dinganon, and then Lamb Seal got twenty nine twenty was our
0: top. Uh, and I think it was 18 or eighteen fifty for a full sister of hers, so And would the Charolais be still as easy to sell as maybe they were going back the way? Is there still a demand for Charolais in the markets you're putting them into uh, pure Charolais?
1: It, it comes and goes. Uh, the years you have a lot of men you know, keeping your arms over, you'll always sell a few more charley rams. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of Charlie rams sold in the commercial film, but a, a lot of it, commercial men, don't want anybody to know that they're using Charlie Rams for some reason. No. Okay. They're you know, when you go to try and get people to do testimonials for the paper or for yearbooks around it's very difficult. They don't want anybody else to know. They mustn't think that they're a trendy breed anymore.
0: Seem to be a little bit out of favour. I know talking to Rob Patterson earlier on in the year and Rob saying last year, not sure sure about this year, but last year when he put his Hundred and odd tups to the market. He said the Charolais were the first ones away. But then I guess a few people would take the Charolais early on because they'd be renowned maybe as an earlier lambing, lambing breed.
1: Yeah, yeah, true enough. Definitely. But we see now, this year, especially, we've sold more crosstops at home. Mm hmm. Okay. And they're starting to get a bit more popular over on our side of
0: the water now as well. We'll go on to the crosstops in a minute, because I know that's something that you're probably more, like a lot of, of the, your top uh, top breeders now, a lot of more of you are majoring into that top side. But sticking with the, the Cherolais, uh, Willie, what, what rams would you use that would have put the backbone in, in the flock for you? And you know, where, where's the good stock come from?
1: The first ram that has made as a mark on us was Ballyhaven Kickstart. Bought him privately
0: as a ram lamb
1: from Michael Barr down in, in Limerick, from the Ballet Heaven flock. Um, one of his first daughters was Charlie Champion and Interbreed Champion in Balmore in 2013. Okay. And he put a, a real good base of females into the flock, with I think sons up to about sixteen or 1800 out of them, but the daughters out of them were bred very well. And we then moved on. And bought not shop in Worcester along with Ian Craig from the Valley No for uh-huh. six thousand. Um, again some very good females out of Um that's his sum we got three and a half thousand for and also that shared in the four four. Right. Um, no they they have they have put the backbone now in the flock in the last five or six years.
0: And and would some of your bre- original breeding go back to that time again with the Charolais sheep, same as the Charolais cattle, I suppose, that uh, in that early 90s when uh, um, Willie Mulligan and Jim Quayle and those boys were bringing the early sheep in there, would you get, get a draw out of some of those in, in the foundations?
1: Well, we ended up buying our first sheep out of uh, Portadown at that time. Uh, there was a Gimmer on the ram. No, the first year, sorry, there was a Gimmer come from Pat McAllister down at Glenarm was one of the very first people to bring Charlies in for the North. Mm. And we bought a couple of lambs off George Hammond uh, from the Bally Hammage flock. And we bought a lamb off David Blue was his, his nickname. Ah uh, he ran about with the mulligans. Uh-huh. So we did another first outround we bought the next year off the McAllisters. Mm-hmm. So that uh and he has has one of the first two lambs I and we showed her that year as a yo lamb, that would be ninety one. She barbed more, she wasn't beaten all year. Yeah. And she ended up being as a two crop yo, she was the best suck yo in Northern Ireland that year.
0: Right. That would be no mean feat. There were a lot of good showerlay sheep coming out of uh, Northern Ireland during, about, during that period anyway. Certainly
1: during oh, that definitely that yeah, mm-hmm. yep. 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 It was, it was, it was nice to, to get that one
0: at that stage. What kind of numbers is pure showerlay ewes are you running just now, William?
1: They're probably around 50 pure ewes uh-huh. with 15 to 18 bowl for pure Charlie breeding.
0: Uh-huh, okay.
1: Um, and then the rest of ewes go to Beltex, top. Uh-huh. But I, we, we tend to some of our top yoles that are flushed for pedigrees for lambs in December they're run over and flushed again into lamb in March with half bred Oh,
0: really putting half bred embryos? As I said, we'll go on to the halfbreds in a second. Um the you and I first met through the Beltex uh, sheep there, my father was involved and in, um when did you first get started with the Beltex and, uh, and and where do they come from?
1: Bell Tech were I think maybe twenty seven or eight years ago. The first six Bell Techs, well, we bought. There was a gimmer come from Kevin McCarthy. There was a few come from the Maxwells. The day they, the day they, had their dispersal and poured it down. Uh-huh. But with bad luck, the first six we bought others. Well, uh, old N A N A from Oma. We bought one of him a big U of him as well. But we lost the first six U's we bought. You lost all six of them. One thing or another. What? All six of them. So many, many is personal other person would have put them clean off. All right. Well that go did, the ahead of the breed. I suppose
0: but, that that is something with the breed being a slightly more specialist breed. than to some of our American listeners who don't quite understand how we breed sheep here, they are a little bit more specialist breed where you, they need a slightly different treatment to you, to maybe to, to, to your two we, we were
1: used with sharlies and we were treating them like our sharlies and uh-huh.
0: we just destroyed the sheep. Feeding them. Just feeding they're, them.
1: They're, they're not that yet. Feed them too much. they are not that way inclined at uh,
0: all. Uh, 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 so they
1: weren't. But no, we we kept going. We must have bought more females, and we've kept going. And now we're up to about fifty pedigree ewes now. Uh
0: huh. And and the Ardnegolian flock again with the Beltex have been. Uh, yeah, you've been up there with the highlights. I think you brought sheep across to the Highland Show, haven't you? And can you single out a yeah. few a few of the highlights that you've done with, with that flock, there, William?
1: Yeah. Well, we won the Highland in two thousand
0: six. I think. The year my brother was judging, I think.
1: Your brother, judged, yeah, Ulysses. We had purchased him from Gavin Shanks uh-huh. two years earlier, wasn't it, 12,000? We showed at the Highlands for three years at that stage in the trot and mm-hmm. got on very well. We were always in the top two or three in every class and mm-hmm. and thoroughly enjoyed our time and then Foot Mouth came in 2007 and uh, there was no showing and kind of put a, a span in the works for us going to show them. We got out of it. We, we haven't been back since to the Highlands.
0: That wee strip of water just makes that difference, doesn't it? It makes a difference for the the sales and the shows and all of it. And we'll maybe come back to how you've come across there again. now. But this year, uh, uh, William, you're back at the sales again anyway, certainly giving it a good go. And you you sold, was it Faux would you call him, uh, for 7,000 at uh, at Skipton recently? And then you've been back to Skipton again. And and what the hell are you doing in Skipton? What's, What's that about?
1: Uh, well we've we started we've been skipped in I suppose five or six years now to the Bell Tech sale and begin of September and we're skipped the last Friday. That's our fourth time over at the their Multi Breed Top Seal. We'll take cross tops to it, and
0: it's it's great
1: sheep country. We can they're lovely people, they're very accommodating and we can sell tops no bother
0: And you might, you'll have a reputation if you've been going there a while and probably the same With same breed is yeah, coming back well, to you.
1: Yeah, we're getting into repeat customers now. So when the the top at seven thousand went to James Whiteford, uh-huh. um, and James has bought a lot of tops off us over the years. So it's it's good that they must be doing something right when he keeps coming back.
0: He's an able able enough boy. Is, is James and his and his father Tommy yeah. Very much so. And uh, and uh, let's move on. You mentioned the crossbred tops, and that's probably your your, your mainstay now. And and uh, you'd breed a lot of those. And it's a market that's growing, isn't it? And what what's the best cross for a crossbred top? For for our uninitiated uh, listener here, a crossbred um, top is is what would you call?
1: Everybody's their own their own opinion. That personally, I like a Beltex cross Charlotte.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I way around? The Beltex top on the been. Charlotte, you yeah. Yes, yes, that's the way we work. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you have the size and power of your Charlie with your extra muscle from your Beltex. They're very easy lambed. Pile of get up and go Want to they live uh, Just like they're, they're an all round good top. Um, so they are. and They seem you know they're easy enough sold. Most people, when they use them and try them, that's they don't look back.
0: The best of both breeds, I think, isn't it? And I think, yeah. again, going back the way um, Rob Patterson and one or two were trying these a while back there, and they just suddenly, suddenly, people realised and stood up and noticed. I suppose that you're getting a, you're getting a, the growth of the Shireley and the easy flesh of the Shireley as well, and, and and with a, with an end on it and something that can still lamb. That sounds like a like a, like a utopia, yeah. really.
1: Yeah, I, I, and longevity as well. We we when we started our crossbred tops at the start, we sold them as lambs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we had two men come into the yard on the same night to buy a top again. And they'd both bought ram lambs in the, in the one year. And they were back. And at that stage, we we're only into the Sheridan's then And we, we only sell Sheridans now. Mm-hmm. But the ram lamb they had bought, they'd get 10 years service each out of them.
0: Really? Well, so it just, you know,
1: there's plenty of... Longevity in them I, as well.
0: I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I'm going back into the days when when the boys used to feed these cherry tops up for for sale there, and if the bloody thing, if they did three years old, they did done well. Little that, that was that.
1: <laughs> I think the type of bell takes that we try to breed as well, house, because we want to breed a bigger bell takes head up in the air, not a strong head, not a, you know, not a real fancy crocodile eyed head.
0: Uh huh. I like that too.
1: Try and have sheep we're more into the commercial attributes of sheep. We want to sell 150 rams a year at a good average commercial price. That's yeah. our aim.
0: Yeah. And, and Kelso of course would be one of your main commercial sales and one of the biggest sales yeah. and best sales in, in, in the country, if not in the UK. And you had a good go again uh, this year. How many did you get into Kelso this time? And who, who would be your main customers that would be buying Kelso tops from you?
1: We had 60 rams in Kelso this year.
0: Uh huh. Um,
1: Te- pure texels, pure Beltex and crosses. Uh, again, commercial men, a lot of repeat customers, uh, but commercial men going out to achieve it. Suffolk ch- or Suffolk Mule, Yows, some men with Cligny's. It's a very wide array of Yewes that men would be buying Rams for.
0: With the B-Boys sending them up under the hill, uh, William?
1: Aye, we have sold... I'm not sure, about now, just a moment. in the past, we have sold half bred tops to go to hell to Blacky mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: We which was a tip. A good few years ago we went to old Allen, new house. Uh-huh. They bought them to go to 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 cast blackface Yules at that time. Uh-huh. But that's the joy of them. They're you know the sort of top you can on to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you can tweak them a little bit, I suppose, to to, to make them right by different tops, different tops that you're putting on. But would you put the when you're breeding these commercial tops? Would you be using the most extreme um, back ended Beltex onto the Charolais to to get that extra jig at them?
1: No, we we like still like to use a big ram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's whatever ram we buy for the pedigree, you always use always used to breed the to breed the halfbred rams as well. So yeah. we're getting the most juice out of them that we can. Uh-huh. And uh, we've started dabbing a wee bit about Texel on to some of the Shardy Young's to bring Tex and Shardy Rams as well. Now.
0: You're not going to go like like the Logidona boys where you're going to have your own, own sets of, of entire hybrids. that uh, Yo, hybrids. no, no. We'll
1: just, we'll just stick to our Del Tex or Texel crosses. So we'll, we'll not bother doing a branding job. but which they have done very very successfully
0: they have they're very able aren't they and you they say they you say you'll stick to those but you haven't stuck to them because you've had a double in, in the in the fashionable colored texels at the moment with the, both the colored and the spotted i think uh william and uh, uh, some money in that job how's that market going for you just now is it on fire still
1: uh dutch spot it's it's good we, we bought a gammer from my eldest daughter and look, the good ones are flying um mm-hmm. females are easy sold the better end, the top lambs is easy enough sold, but just the lesser quality top lambs, which in other breeds are saleable, they're just a bit more difficult.
0: Right. Once people get over the novelty as a tup that they're just another texel, then and maybe not quite as good another texel if that's the right word, then then uh, then the tups are going to have a little bit of a sticky time getting those away. But I suppose there's a freezer trade for them as a
1: Aye, they're they're good enough commercial cheap. Um, my only downside with them. Um, you know, you think you use a black and white top and you put them onto your commercial yule, you've got coloury lambs, but you don't seem to get them overly often. The, the dorset seems to cross very well with them to produce your coloury yule yo lambs.
0: The dorset, okay, yeah. This is, so um...
1: They do, but they're, they're nice sheep to work with. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they were bought as a, a bank account seller, hopefully for the, for the daughter, that there'll be money there if she wants to go there college or university so
0: You're not on your own with that one I th- think to be honest probably a dozen people that I can think of apart from maybe Ali Jackson who may be in it for making the big bucks out of it just about everybody else that had gone into those including um, um, Alan are saying well we just bought them for the, for the kids to have a play about with but these things are telephone numbers and, and money really they're not just toys they're, they're, they're in the thousands and big time aren't they these females Oh
1: they are you have to put an investment in but you'll thankfully we bought the gammer last year at six thousand. We sold the first two lambs over at five thousand seven hundred. So you know <laughs> it was okay. And and the ram lamb eight hundred so that was her cleared. Plus her flushing bill paid on her first two lambs, which is fine.
0: I was going to say you said when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago and we had to put the call off that uh, you were in the middle of flushing and you were probably flushing those things about then. We and did you get a good go? We were
1: we, we flushed two. The one was fine. She gave eleven eggs and the mother the six thousand. You she gave us ten eggs, but there were no use. <laughs> <laughs> but just that's that's the joy of flushing
0: <laughs> it is the it joy of flushing been. that's the joy of paying six thousand paid for a gamma too but uh if you've got it paid for then at least if you find a cape tomorrow morning you've uh you've got your money back anyway yeah it's not so bad <laughs> but uh yeah that said the market is going and there's people still coming into that market i suppose a lot of folks would be going into it for their hobbies but uh not really a hobby when you're paying, when, when there's things that are that sort of money. Do you think that job's going to gonna come down on its knees shortly or are we going to see it flying still?
1: I think it'll that'll, that'll stay okay for the good ones, the lesser quality. Like, an any breed, it'll, it'll get more difficult to sell. I suppose just with the number of the amount of flushing, the number of sheep getting on the ground, they are going to become more difficult to sell.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is that. And the trouble my mother used to breed, uh, um, Bullwins, I think they were called a Bullwyn, a Welsh sheep, and they basically had to have this color, and the nose, and this color, or the four white feet, and this color. And by the time you get through all those attributes of all the colors you've got to have, you end up losing the carcass on them. And I suppose there is a danger of. A lot of people in the spotted breed to breeding for the spots and, and not the carcass. And, and uh, that, that can't be easy to put the two, marry the two together.
1: No, no, that's true. To try and get the nice, spotty coloured sheep, that, that's not simple. You seem to throw a few more darker ones a lot easier, so you do. But it's all a bit of fun.
0: You got to keep them correct as well. That's that's uh, is the. I'm, I've got a few Ryland sheep about me now, and I know there's a few people in the in the coloured Rylands the same thing, and they're all breeding for this colour. But you've got to keep the. Uh, you're a sheep man. You will know that, but you've got to keep them correct and, and straight as well. And the carcasses, right? You do.
1: That, that's the most important thing. We keep your legs and mouths right. And yeah. Our our big bugbear's shoulders and skins, and if we don't have that in the sheep, they're no use to us. Yep. Yep. And that's that's the way we all want to try and keep them.
0: And that's the experience of breeding other breeds for 30-odd years before you get into these. And I'd like to think that probably most of the people that have gone into the spotted texels in the beginning are sheep breeders, and, and they'll keep that trade going. Let's move on on from those. Uh, Willie, what other breeds do you run? Are you into the Suffolk's yet? There seems to be the the breed in, in over there just now with Jellips, no, Jellips no. and these boys getting in. Is that your temptation and next? There's
1: a lot of boys that. No, we used to have Suffolk's years ago, but with no Suffolk's now at all,
0: just keep the condom
1: Pedigree Texels as well, and do them just for the Shireland job.
0: And that's not an yeah. easy breed to get into the Texels, is it? I mean, they're, they're, you can be throwing a lot of money at heads in that breed as well. To, for, and when you're when you're trying to breed Shirelands, you have to get a, a balance between the the big heads and and, a, and what the commercial man wants. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the heads more or less the last thing we worry about.
0: That's where the money is, there, William.
1: That's where the money is. If you want a nice fancy lamb, but no, we don't. We don't lammer Texel. You to till the end of March, begin the April, and everything's run through as shearlings and that's just there that's the way we are we try and sell a few shardy lambs and a handful of beltex lambs and other
0: than that everything else is run through as a shearling ram All Right. and what number of shearling rams did you say you're selling per year sell about 150 uh-huh. and you're getting a few of those away at home now that seems to be the market a lot of people aim for that's the utopia when people come and walk on your yard and pay a thousand pound and walk away with a it with a
1: yeah yeah we've sold a few more rams this year uh sold a few Texels, more Texels and a few more cross rams at home this year. So you no know, home, home trade has building. Mm-hmm. And we, we we started a seal our top seal at Richard Beatty's the week after Kelso as well. For well, ourselves and Alistair Galton, Gary Beacom mm-hmm. to try and get a seal going. To well, we had 30 odd Rams on it just to try and get another seal at home mm-hmm. to get rid of a lot of Texel shares and cross cross tops and stuff as well. Sure. So sure no it just it makes it for a very busy period at that time trying <laughs> to get about 100 120 tops ready to sell inside three weeks
0: yeah and you get them all away early you don't hang a few on for the later boys i suppose where you are most of it would be a you know i'd say an early trade but a september topping uh, in
1: try to have like, there's there's 18 tops when they skipped them last week and we're left we have a dozen rams to sell at a minute so
0: that's
1: mm. mm-hmm. it's nice to get them the red out but October is always a good month too. There's a lot of men on that side of the water. Don't think about buying rams till October, so you it's good you, a few ride about as well. You
0: don't buy them till you need them. And the trade this year generally has been up on last year, and last year was up on the year before. And with with COVID and Brexit and everything else, we are all expecting to take a dip. But uh, most people have seen what ten or fifteen percent increase in trade. Uh, you the same, uh, William?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top trade has been good this year, It has but you know it's all needed for the cost of production as runs this year as well the way millers rose and fertilizer costs and then it's through the roof
0: so doesn't always correlate though does it the price of production can go up and the, and the end price can go down that's that's farming that that's, that farm, right. that's business but that's definitely farming
1: definitely that is right but as nice this year that the two has sort of worked hand.
0: And hand. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're so, going to see a bit more of that I think the, other, the inflation is going to come off the back of of, uh, of the COVID um, um, thing and the price of building and the price of everything is, is going through the roof but nice to, yeah, see guess, the, yeah. nice to see the price of chops is going up but somewhere along the line the price of lamb has to go up to to match that and and at the moment that's good that's going as well.
1: But I think I think this year also there's more men prepared to pay a good price for a good sheep Mm. and less men for that lesser sheep now that see that the better quality tuck they're getting better lambs and they're getting better returns with them. Uh,
0: that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, some of that would now be good, get down to the information age where they're getting to see their weight sheets coming back and see their grades and everything coming back. And some of them is, would, would be maybe have been going on the dead last year rather than through the markets, the open markets, yeah. because, of the, because of the COVID. But that's interesting to see that people are realising that uh, you, you spend... Yeah, your top is half your flock, isn't it? If, if they're spending a bit extra on that and they're getting... You only need 50 pence a lamb extra back on that and you've paid for a, another... 200 pounds for the top yeah
1: that, that's right yeah and, if, and i think too you know lamb fare is good this year it's been good all year and yeah. people have been prepared an extra 100 pound 150 pound interram yeah. very
0: happily yeah. and, and, so, um, and that'll reflect i think which is obviously the season just coming up now with the female trade and i don't suppose you're are you, are you into the crossbred female trade as well do you sell those or do you kill all those uh, those ones
1: no, we sell sell the old arms for it. We just started selling them last week, and we've sold about fifty of them. So the rest will run through for gimmers to sell next year.
0: You do you sell a few crossbred gimmers? Is there a market for those too?
1: Aye, aye, aye. There's people for them, yeah. And most years we try and sell them as old arms, but we've we, there is plenty of them this year. We're going to run a few more through as gimmers
0: and try the next
1: next year as gimmers now so uh-huh. see how it
0: goes what kind of uh, acreage are you running around you there to run this number sheep on, on uh will you keep it tight or land is hard to get I, around you
1: be fairly fairly tight so a fair bit of fertilizer about 260 acre uh-huh. so we'll have it to be there'll be 120 head of cattle in total and
0: we're gonna come, gonna, yes. gonna come onto the cattle as well, but with the sheep, are you putting those in the house in the winter? Is a lot of sheep coming inside, or are we, or we, most of that going out? No, we
1: tra- everything we're trying to get everything you want to winter grazing where possible. Uh-huh. Um, yews generally come in about a month before lambing. and shardy yews are all back out in the field at the beginning of January
0: uh-huh and it's a wet part a wet part of the world around bellamina they get a lot of rain in the we, winter but uh
1: <laughs> we are yeah but we we're not enough for the winter grazing we'll have the shard ewes and lambs go down to newton Ards and we get them
0: away from home
1: and get them out and it's the best thing for them they don't come back home the end of the second week of march sure,
0: yeah you give your ground a chance to clean up a little bit as well and yeah yeah uh, we,
1: we like to try and have everything off our own ground kind of the
0: end of november and give it
1: three months to Three and a half months to get freshened up again. Sure.
0: And moving on, then, to, you say you got the cattle outside, and I know you did have the Charolais. Uh, you still got a few Charolais about, or you're all just. Just a handful of Shardy cows now. You run the cattle under the Burnside prefix, I think I'm right, and you're more renowned yeah. now for your Short Ons, uh, William. When, when did the Short get started, and did, uh, what about the founding females in there? Give me a bit more detail about the, the Short Ons.
1: Must have bought the first Shorthorn female. Could be. F- 15 years ago, maybe, in Sterling I think, she was a Trumley heifer I bought, and then about three or four years later, I bought a Glenila, Glenila Desiree, she has been the backbone of the herd, Uh, she come in and can't remember his name now, but she had a heifer calf in her belly, who was named Burnside Bluebell, and Bluebell's first son was Burnside
0: Elite that was sold for 8,000 to the Thompsons. I was at that sale that day, I think. He was junior <coughs> champion, if I remember right, at Perth, was he not? He was just first,
1: two years before that, we were junior champion with Caveman, who was sold to Andy Ryder for 6,500. And then that was 11 2012, we were junior champion with Burnside Dice. Uh, he was a Dice son. We sold him for 4,000 that day and then Elite. Was the next year
0: he won his class and, and sold him to Thompsons to eight thousand. Yeah, working your way up bit by bit there. and all out of that same uh, same family, William. That was a good investment.
1: Aye, aye. No, no, she's a good cow, and, and we've a lot of daughters off that Desiree and Bluebell now in the herd. And from uh, we won Balmore in two thousand and thirteen with uh Craig and Ice daughter out of Desiree Francesca as a year yearling heifer. She was short horn champion. Uh huh. And junior champion that day, that's, that's the one show to remember. Yeah, That was the first year at the New Balmore site. Right, We were junior Charlie champion with a young bull, junior limousine champion and reserve overall limousine with a yearland heifer, right. junior shorthorn champion and overall shorthorn <laughs> with a yearland heifer. We were junior intervened champion with a limousine heifer, and we were underbred sheep champion with a shardy Gammer.
0: There's me thinking I was talking to a sheep man here. That's that's a pretty good pretty good effort. So you run a few limousines as well. I didn't even know that. So uh, you... we, used, we used to run
1: limousines. They're all gone now. The Shorthorns just taken over, and probably if, if I had my way, there would be no shardy cattle, and there'd be twenty or twenty-five Shorthorn cows in total.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Shorthorn at the moment is yeah, something I was going to talk to you about. I'm just actually researching for the doing an episode on the history of the Shorthorns going back. A couple of hundred years, and obviously in the nineties they went through the the doldrums. But uh, the beginning of, of this millennium, all of a sudden, uh, the, the short ones were in, were starting to get picked up, and the smart men got in, you self included, and the uh, short on females now are just uh, they're like gold, the good ones. yeah
1: They are the good ones. Are they? they're very hard to buy. Yeah. They're a lovely breed to work with. They're docile and they're easy calved and whatever the few commercial cows we have left now are all covered or served with a short horn bull as well. And you have the 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 beef schemes like the added bonus you're getting for the, any of the cattle going through the schemes. It's very enticing. It's very nice. That puts them into a good price.
0: And are you getting a trade for these? I mean, obviously we're talking about you bringing these over to Stirling for for the for the pedigree market. But are you getting a trade for purebred bulls down in, in, in on your side of the water in in both north and south of Ireland? Is there a demand for them now in the south of Ireland?
1: Yeah, the the, the, the short bull demand's increasing over here now, especially with. Little Norm Shorthorn beef scheme through Peter Hammond. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot more people now, you know, using Shorthorn bulls and taking the cattle right through and getting the premium on on their cattle. So, and um, no, it's working well. And then you've if the females are good, there's a good demand for them as bullers for their cows. Right,
0: yeah, they certainly do make a make a good cow, don't they? But if the is the premium on just on just on Shorthorn sired beef, or, or can that come through the female as well?
1: No, no, just Shorthorn sired. Mm-hmm. So that's how it, how it works. But, you know, he, he's he's putting beef into a lot of the top restaurants in London, so it, it must be good whenever he's got those contracts.
0: And where's he based, uh, remind me? He, Moira, Peter Han is based in Moira. Uh-huh. Okay. So he, has, uh,
1: he was one of the first people to add uh, the salt, the dry aging with the salt. Yes. And that's the beef salt put through that. So. uh
0: uh-huh certainly that'll help you with it with and you're getting a few bulls sold at home as well uh, William. yeah
1: yeah yeah we, we sold we actually sold a bull january time we sold a bull to glenarm estates uh-huh. so we did so quite happy to get a bull into them when they're the main the main commercial shorthorn horn people over on this
0: side what numbers of cows did you say you're running them with the short there's
1: around a dozen short cows at the minute uh-huh.
0: flushing a few of those
1: no we do no cattle flushing at all i have a few eggs in the flask out of that bluebell cow, we might put some of them in next year mm-hmm. to for get them used up. But no, we're just, the sheep earn more money. <laughs> so <laughs> the big concentration's in them.
0: Yeah, that's where you got to go, where the money is. And do you see the, the short on breed going forward? Do you see that reaching a bit of a saturation point with the amount of females that are being sold and, and kept now in, in across the UK and, and Ireland?
1: No, I think they'll be okay. do like anything, the good ones will be easy enough sold and there's that there's there's the, the beef trade there for the lesser ones, so the will females go that way and get your bonus mm-hmm. through it for them. And mm-hmm. I think more the more people that use them, they see how good a cow they are. Sure. That you're you know, it's okay these real fancy show cattle. I've nothing against them and they're lovely to look at We've been there, done that, but on a commercial basis, it's it's nice. It's a lot simpler now when they lie down, pop a calf out. Mm-hmm. That'll suck and very little hassle.
0: Easy fed and easy kept. Yeah, indeed. There's yeah. certainly uh, there's a lot to be said for it, and it's certainly said that's been the change and the demand for the, for for all the native breeds. Or a lot of the native breeds, but particularly the. The short one. Uh, and, and Willie, you would you'd judge a lot of shows. Obviously, you're in, I don't know, you've just mentioned six, seven different breeds with sheep and cattle, and uh, you judge a lot of shows, including Fat Lambs as well, and uh, that must keep you hell of a busy. And, 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 yeah, where, where, have you, where have you been judging just lately?
1: Well, I suppose with COVID, those last two years, we haven't been very far. The last big judging thing I've done have been Agri-Expo, the Fat Lambs net. Uh-huh. That's I've a good show. A very good show. Yeah. I've done The Highland... The Welsh, Balmourne. With what, though? The Highland of Dun, Shardy Sheep and Beltek Sheep.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Balmourne, Shardy Cattle. The Welsh, Shardy Cattle and Shardy Sheep. <laughs> um, no, it's great to judge shows. It it's very interesting and, and enjoyable. I enjoy a day out judging
0: it's it, it's good, but as I said, when you've got that many strings to your bow, I, I know one or two people have said the same thing, that when you're in six or seven breeds and, you, and you're at the top of all of them or you're not far away anyway, that uh, you know, the, the letters keep coming onto your doormat and you must have a time when you think, well, I just can't do all these. I'll never be at home with any work you
1: have, You do have to turn some down. There's only so many you can do. Yeah,
0: yeah right. And hey, let's, let's all get back to the shows next year and hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we'll get back and get a bit of crack with that. And, and I'm just going to move on to, to the logistics of, of what you're handling in the way of sheep anyway, and you'll have a lot of outlets for your, for your stock on both sides of the water. And Is that getting any more tricky now since Brexit? I mean, are you bringing float loads of sheep and then lairage on uh, our side of the water and then, uh, and then moving them out from there, or are you bringing them over in the, in the bits and pieces?
1: No, no, we just come whatever load at the time for the seal, straight to the sale and sold them. We've done nothing different because of Brexit. The only difference would be buying our stock tops. Yeah, where I suppose we're lucky we bought a lot of stock tops last year and weren't didn't this year. So, you know, the Brexit thing has just been a real pain. We're
0: trying anybody trying to buy stup-tups. because they have I mean, to be um, because they have to be scraping one genotype. Too.
1: Yeah, the, the scrappy thing, but also you buy at a sale, the sheep has to return home and do 60 days before it can come back again. Right. You know, six, 60 days, you go and you spend a lot of money, you'd like that sheep home with you that night or the next day at worst. And also to see that the tips fertile, so you know get into the breeding season what you have. But hopefully, the chat is that um, the, the government on both sides of the water have maybe come to some form of an agreement and yeah. it's maybe going to change, hopefully
0: yeah yeah that that's that's I think what we're all hoping and, and I'm sitting on the other side of the water again because I'm based in France as you probably know and and there's is there anything going into europe from from Ireland? I know there's talk from our boys down I'm trying to get sheep into France just now, and there's talk from our boys over here saying there's sheep that can come in from Ireland for all. it's a long trek from from uh, Wexford down into in uh, northern France. Is there any sheep going over there? Have you heard any stories of that
1: i know there there's there's done the export of sheep from. Ireland as a whole going over. There's a lot of Suffolks as well.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um. There was one load went there July time, and there's a few other breeds. I know, I know there's a few carries went, a few other bits and pieces of breeds went as well. So, you know, it, seem, it seems to be easier for sheep to come out of Europe into Ireland or Ireland into Europe mm-hmm. nearly than what it is. Uh, I don't think any, anything can come out of Europe into the mainland at all. They have to come via Ireland.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I heard. But it's a said it's a bit, a bit of a long way round for me to send a few railers from uh, from Scotland down through Ireland and down into France. But it looks like that's the way it's going to go. But I know yeah. to, I know talking to John Elliott earlier in the podcast, and uh, John Elliott saying they got you know, massive demand for getting Angus cattle down into Europe, and nothing was nothing was moving through the mainland. They need to change something.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think there has to be some change. It was probably about... To... A bit hesitant, and the politicians to agree, and and nobody had looked into the whole livestock movement thing at the time with the agreement that was done, and it mm-hmm. has left everybody kind of up the up the water or, or with no paddle sort of thing, sure. left high and dry.
0: And and for, again, for uh, we have a few listeners in America and and further afield, and and just to reiterate that you to get livestock then from um, Scotland and England, you they have to be genotype scrapey one and they have to still go through a 60 days quarantine before you can get them across is that right yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. either either out of a monitor flow or a genotype one and do a 60 day standstill before they'd come for meals mm-hmm. females i think is a 42 day standstill but they they still need to be yeah genotype the scrapey monitor but meals also have to be but one of the biggest bugbears as well is if we take sheep to mainland and don't sell them, it's six months before we can bring them back.
0: Is that right? Jeez. So you're Straight in. You're
1: definitely not thinking of doing that when you go, know you're, you're one-way ticket there for sale.
0: Straight in the abattoir, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, if they're not sold, that's right
0: am- Imagine the butchers just clearing around the side of the ring there waiting for those unsold ones to say, I'll have some of that. <laughs> They'll
1: get some of it. No, thankfully now we have been across quite a few tops of and females at different sales, and we've had a very good run this year. Uh-huh. I, I don't think that people sitting on on the Irish sheep because of that. You know, if, if the sheep's good enough, they'll buy them.
0: Sure. And, and you're talking of sheep sales, uh, William. You've got a female sale coming up. Your first one, I think, the first one this year, anyway, is uh, a Charolais sale. Uh, what's What's that one called? What What do you got in there? A sh-
1: Charolais. I'm a, a lamb sale now. On the twenty fifth of October, the Northern Ireland and lamb seal, just that's where our next next seal is.
0: Uh-huh. And how many of you in that?
1: With ten and Gimmers for it.
0: And and how many's in there? Just said list, can can dial in there. Give yourself a plug while you're at it.
1: There's a hundred and I think it's a hundred and let's see, hundred and forty-six females. Cheryl Four. Yeah, forty. Forty odd gamers and then ninety ninety something new lambs.
0: And is that through Betis, Is it? Did you say no? No, that's the gammon. Will that be an on, online as sale? As well. Online sale as well. Because online the, as well. Yeah. The one thing uh, is uh, that you guys you are sitting in the in the pound seats really is that the, your sheep from there if they they can come across the water you can get yours exports the other way fairly easily, can't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, like that, that sale in and sheep can go anywhere. They can go anywhere in Europe mm. or mainland GB or southern Ireland yeah. straight from the sale. Everything's eligible to go. And yeah. We also, there's a Beltex Inland sale the first Friday of December in Danganan. And then ourselves and three or four other breeders started a female sale last year the Wednesday after Christmas. Mm. Uh, down at Beatty's No Man, we're running that this year again, and that's a, to- a full e- export sale. Sure. You know, there's a mixture of breeds, Beltex, Spotties. There's Blue
0: Lesters this year, Charlies. Yeah, you're going uh, to risk sending a little bit smug there from some of our uh, breeders on the other side of the water that can't get their sheep across to you when uh, pretty much everything you're producing is uh, eligible for export there. But uh, good for you. It's an ill wind that blows nobody any good, eh?
1: That is it. That is true.
0: Definitely. <laughs> and and aside from from uh, the sheep, uh, William, what else are you involved? What keeps your you time? Do you get any spare time to do anything else?
1: I've no spare time. I used to play rugby, but i have got too old for it now. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, no,
1: eldest eldest girl, she's into her rugby and her hockey and and horses. The youngest one's
0: hockey and horses. So no, that'll keep you running around after them. Time running after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the rugby there, Ireland, been through a little bit of a turmoil the last year or two. I'm a big rugby fan myself, and uh, you find yourself down in in uh, in France for the World Cup in a couple of years' time, William.
1: It would be nice. It would be nice to get a run, but we'll see what happens. It just depends. You know what it's like in the farming calendar? It's hard to get time away. Yeah, yeah. And it seems it seems to get harder now all the time. There's always more
0: things on to do. William, great to speak to you. I've taken enough of your time there. It's been a while trying to catch up with you, to be fair, with your busy schedule. And good luck with shifting the rest of your tops away. And uh, and look forward to your lambing and, and a good season again next year. No, I'll do. Thank you very much, Andy. Cheers, William. Great to speak to you.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, which was kindly sponsored by Harbro, suppliers of quality commercial and pedigree feeds and expert nutritional advice. Visit their website or find them on Facebook for more information. And while on the subject of Facebook, why don't you visit the Top Lines and Tales Facebook page, where you'll find photographs and more information to back up this episode.